Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Hi, you're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. My name is John Siegley, and I am here today with Buck Sanders and Don Callahan. We're going to talk some UNC football recruiting. Don, I'll start with you on this one, man. Last weekend was a pretty big recruiting weekend for Carolina, obviously the biggest one of the year so far. Just who can you tell us that, you know, was there and kind of just start at the top, I guess, with kind of more of the higher ranked guys? Well, there was over 100 recruits on campus Saturday, and it was it was probably outside of maybe the Freak Show and UNC's Junior Day that's held in, in conjunction with the UNC-Duke basketball game. It was probably the biggest recruiting day of the year so far. Um, UNC will obviously will have bigger ones coming up, particularly after after the football season. But, you know, the main guy is Dax Holyfield, the four-star linebacker out of Shelby, North Carolina, who has been on UNC's wish list for a long time. Rick Sandage, a four-star defensive tackle from Concord to UNC offered a couple years ago, who has uh, basically is being recruited by basically everyone within the region. Cole Beck, speedy running back from uh, Blacksburg, Virginia. Harrison Taylor is a, is a kind of a new guy to um, the recruiting board when uh, UNC was trying to expand its uh, its defensive line pool. He was a guy that the staff really liked on film and offered him and was able to entice him to visit this weekend. Joe Budlipatitelli, he finally made his visit. He was supposed to visit the weekend prior. His His trip fell through, his ride fell through. But he made it this past weekend. He's a guy that uh, UNC is kind of battling it out with NC State and West. Um, sorry, and, and Wake Forest for right now. Luke Tenuta, whose name probably will sound familiar to most people because his father actually coached at UNC, was a defensive coordinator at UNC, also was a defensive coordinator at NC State, and currently is an as an assistant coach at at uh, Cincinnati. But he's a guy who UNC. Initially looked at as a defensive end, and then he started to kind of develop a little bit more. And then the staff took a look at him at offensive tackle, and they're in need of offensive tackle. So um, they offered him just before the summer dead period. And the last one, Mylon Howard, who's a guy who doesn't have a UNC offer. All the rest of the guys I mentioned do have UNC offers, but Howard does not. But he's a guy who really impressed the coach and staff during the summer with his uh, with his camp performance. He came to camp, ran a, I think it was a 4-4-1, 40-yard dash, looked really good in drills. He's having a really good senior season so far, had a really good uh, junior season. He comes from the same high school as Elijah Hood, plays in the same sort of system. So he's obviously getting a lot of carries. But th- I mean, those are the main guys. Um, I can go forever with, with some of these underclassmen that UNC has offered, who was also on campus. But those uh, those seven were the, were the main guys that uh, were on campus Saturday. And I'm sure you guys probably saw the same thing I did, where Carolina's defense gave up probably too many yards um, against Louisville on Saturday. So it's encouraging to hear that Carolina's getting some of these four-star defensive guys. Buck, I know you've been a long proponent of when it comes to the defense. You know, you got to have the Jimmys and the Joes kind of over the X's and O's. 
what do you think about these defensive guys that Carolina had in on Saturday? Do you think that they could, you know, possibly try to make a difference for the future? Well, I think that Peyton Wilson, who's already committed, and Dax Hollifield would be quite a coup as far as commits to the linebacker position. One of the positions that North Carolina fans have been very critical of is a linebacker spot. And Wilson and Hollifield are two of the premier linebacker recruits. Don, would you agree with that, at least on oh, the East oh, absolutely. Coast? Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, Wilson's a kid who's, when you watch him on film and, and even on Friday nights, I mean, he's, right now, he's a man amongst boys. And, and I, I thought Dax, when I was talking to him after his visit to UNC, he actually had a funny quote about uh, about Peyton, just saying that he thought that Peyton is even bigger now than the last time he saw him, and, and he might be. I mean, he's he's just, I mean, he's a huge kid, but he just, he plays with, with his hair on fire. I mean, he's just you know, see ball, get ball, doesn't matter what's in his way. We'll run through blockers just to get to the ball carrier. Dax is a kid who he's not going to have the measurables that you want as far as, I mean, if you if you time him and, and all that sort of stuff, he, he's not going to be the best with all that. But on Friday nights, he comes to play, and he's been playing for one of the state um, football powers. since He's been a starter, I'm sorry, since um, his, his freshman year. And every year since, Shelby, which is where he plays high school, has won a state championship. And they're undefeated now, and they're, they're one of the favorites to win once again. And a lot of that is because of not only his play on the field, because he's a guy who's all over the field, all, always around the ball, but, but also his leadership. And he brings a certain – he brings that it factor, that those intangibles that you just can't measure with a clock or a measuring stick. And the, the other kid that I think jumps out to me, and, and this may be, uh, he may still be a long shot, is Sandage. Mm-hmm. Um, Don, you, you, you seem to think that maybe they made up a little ground with him this past weekend. Yeah, no, I absolutely do. I mean, you know, South Carolina obviously is the team to beat. He doesn't claim a leader, you know, just to be clear. I mean, he and kids do this all the time. They say that, you know, they don't have a leader. But obviously, you kind of feel like they do. But obviously, he has he has some ties to South Carolina. His mom went there. His coach has some sort of connection with Bobby Bentley, I believe. Well, Bobby Bentley is obviously a he's a um, an assistant coach at uh, South Carolina, and I believe that Sandage's head coach played with or coached with Bobby Bentley at, at some point during their career. So they're very, very, very close. Sandage made the visit this past weekend. And it was supposed to be really well. Actually, it, it did end up being kind of like a. It was an unofficial visit, which means he had to pay for everything. He had to pay for his transportation there. He had to pay for his entertainment, his food. He even had to, even though he spent the night in a um, player's uh, uh, dorm room, he had to pay for for that also. But the UNC coaches and Sandage himself treated it like an official visit because Sandage. Is down to seven schools, but obviously he can't. He he can only take five official visits, and he figures since North Carolina is one of the one of the closer schools, that it would be cheaper on him and his parents to be able to pay for that. UNC's goal heading into that weekend is to to get him to come back for an official visit, which essentially he'll have to bump one of these 
one of these other schools that he is slated to give an official visit to. And when I spoke to him, he said that he's he's definitely thinking about it, that I got the sense that he said a whole lot non-verbally to me, you know, just a sense of like he I, I felt like maybe heading into the visit, he had a, a good grasp of his recruitment. But coming out of the visit, he's like, man, I don't I don't I don't know what's going on. You know, I he I mean, he told me flat out that he really liked the visit. He's definitely thinking about taking an official visit, which obviously changes his plans. Uh, his his official visit schedule is, is pretty wide open for the most part. The only trip that's scheduled is Florida in October, and he's also working on a trip with um, Michigan for the Ohio State game. But other than that, it's 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 pretty wide open. So if UNC can continue to, to make progress, they can get an official visit. And like I said, UNC is definitely is 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 running behind South Carolina at, at the very least, probably running behind a couple of schools, but you know, you're not going to all of a sudden jump from whatever place UNC was at heading into the visit and jump to the lead, which is one visit. You, you it's going to take some time for UNC to kind of flip the tide if it ever does that. But I think that UNC is on the right track to potentially, um, you know, uh, pushing, pushing forward with, with Rick. Buck, you, you talked about you know the possibility of Carolina landing Dax Holyfield and Peyton Wilson, and I agree with you. If Carolina could land both of those guys, it would be a coup. Don, what are you hearing about Dax Holyfield? Sounded like he had a good visit, but where do you think he's at in terms of you know his recruitment and official visits? Well, he's. <laughs> For anybody who knows, you, you kind of have you to know me, Dax. You want me to jump in here, Don, for a second? Sure, sure, go ahead. Dax Hollifield is very difficult to read because he's like wants to commit to the last school to talk to him or the last school that he visit. Now go ahead, Don. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So go ahead, continue from there. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, Buck is absolutely right. I mean, and, and he's he realizes that. You know, which is which is good because oftentimes recruits, you, you find a lot of recruits that are like that, but don't understand that that's how they are. And Dax understands the fact that whatever happens last is what's you know is how he's feeling. And and I have kind of a running joke, and I've had a running joke. I've known him since he was a freshman, so I I, I have a running joke with him every time I interview him, or even every time I talk to him. I I ask him, you know, today. Who is your leader? I don't care tomorrow, next day, and that sort of thing. Who's your leader today? And he did say, you know, when I talked to him Sunday, he, now he said Sunday that um, it was a neutral day. He didn't have a leader, but he said that on Saturday, North Carolina was leader. He had something to the effect of that he was all UNC on Saturday. You know, the, the only thing I, I feel I'm certain of is if Stanford were a lot closer, that that would be the, that would be the destination. But obviously, Stan, uh, Stanford is not. He has a very close knit family, and I, I just, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he went that far away from his family to uh, go to school. Um, so I think you probably have to focus in on on Virginia Tech and 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 South Carolina to a degree as far as UNC's stiffest competition. But you know, he's probably, it's going to be interesting because he doesn't want to take official visits after the season because of his schedule. He he plays basketball. His dad's the head basketball coach, so they can't take a lot of weekend visits after the football season. So he wants to kind of get this, this done. 
And he doesn't seem like, other than having that five, which is Florida State, uh, Stanford, um, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina, other than those five, he doesn't seem to have a sense of where he's going with his recruitment, what visits he's going to take. I mean, even his official visit schedule is just, you know, completely up in the air. And, you know, just, it just seems like every time he feels like he has a grasp on things, something happens. Like, for example, he was supposed to officially visit Florida State this weekend, which I don't think Florida State is much of a factor, but he's supposed to visit Florida State this weekend. But because the Florida State-Miami game has been moved, he now will not be officially visiting Florida State this weekend, and it has yet to be his official visit has yet to be rescheduled with Florida State. So still print up in the air, but I really think North Carolina has a really good shot with, with Dax. So we've talked about Dax Holyfield. We talked about Rick Sandage. Buck, out of the list of names that Don gave at the start of the podcast, he mentioned Colbeck, Harrison Taylor, Joe Bolatapelli, Luke Tenuta, and then Milan Howard. Which of those names stands out to you aside from the guys that we've already talked about, Buck? Well, any help on the defensive side of the ball is, would be welcome. But, you know, North Carolina had a good recruiting class last year in on the defensive side of the ball in a lot of ways. Uh, we've heard nothing but good stuff about Jordan Riley. Uh, we've had heard, uh, you know, Jake Lawler is completely flying under the radar right now. He was a four-star guy. They brought in three cornerbacks that have yet to make a mark, uh, you know, as true freshmen, Trey Shaw and C.J. Kotman and Caleb Rosar. The position that I'm probably the most interested in at this point is, uh, and we already talked about linebackers as well, uh, the, the position I'm most interested in for, a, I think, good reason is running back. They got Stanton through it. Uh, he's been injured. He'll he'll have a year after this year to contribute. When he'll contribute this year is anybody's guess. Beyond that, well, and Antoine Branch has been injured. We don't know when he'll be back. Uh, but beyond that, North Carolina has Jordan Brown and guys that they have switched from linebacker to the running back position. So uh, Colton Beck is, to me, one of the guys I'm really interested in, especially since I guess just now Virginia Tech has gotten into the picture uh, and offered offered Beck. So, you know, North Carolina, I think, needs some help at running back. You know, we've seen in the past running back position guys drop like flies. All of a sudden, you think you're, you know, four or five deep, and then you're one or two deep. So uh, hopefully they'll get branched back at some time, uh, some point in the near future. But, you know, I, I think they need to add to the running back group. So that's the guy that I'm most interested in. Don, what are you well, thinking about Cole Beck? What did you hear after his visit on Saturday? Well, uh, I mean, I was um, – I thought things sounded really good for North Carolina. You know, him and I had messaged a couple times since Virginia Tech had offered – and I was under the assumption, I think a lot of people are, that, that just because he's from Blacksburg, that he grew up there and grew up this huge Virginia Tech fan, especially because when I went and visited his high school, I mean, it's, 
I, I expected to see Virginia Tech signs, but I mean, when you're driving through and going to Blacksburg High School, you really know that it's that Virginia Tech is there. I mean, it's it's just everywhere. I mean, you know, just different buildings, signs, everything. I mean, it it was you couldn't hide Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, and and that might be me being a little bit naive heading into that visit. But and, and then talking to him though over the weekend, I didn't realize that he was actually born in West Virginia and grew up a West Virginia fan. And it wasn't until high school that he became a, a Virginia Tech fan. So this connection to Virginia Tech might not be as strong as a lot of people are perceiving it. And he definitely downplays it a ton. And and I know that that he definitely felt slighted that, that Virginia Tech waited so long to offer him. They didn't offer him until about a month ago. And on top of that, just looking at Virginia Tech's um, scholarship depth chart at running back, from by my count, they have six scholarship uh, running backs, and um, none of them are projected to leave after after the season. They're all juniors or under. So it's not really a situation that would be conducive of, play, of, of playing early. The other thing that I thought was interesting that Beck told me after the visit was, and he actually told me this beforehand, and I kind of just, you know, just I just thought he was just kind of just saying it. He told me beforehand he wanted to buy a UNC hat. And I just was like, okay, you know, so be it. But then afterwards, he told me he bought a UNC hat, bought some, uh, bought a pair of UNC shorts. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to guarantee him going to UNC, but if really, he, God. <laughs> but if he is a lock to Virginia Tech, why in the world would he buy UNC gear? I mean, that that, that just doesn't jive. And he could still end up at Virginia Tech. He could. It wouldn't surprise me. But what I'm saying is it just doesn't make – it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Why waste the money? You know what I mean? And it's not – I mean, the hat you could purchase just for some sort of announcement, which he plans to make within about a month's time or so. Um, so he has a t- hat on the table. But shorts also – I mean, I know that it, maybe I'm getting a little bit nitpicky here. But um, I just thought that if you're kind of looking at this, this is starting to sound pretty positive for UNC, a lot more positive than what people are picking up on. John, if you don't mind, let me jump back in with one other name that that interests me. Absolutely. Uh, Go ahead. Luke Tenuta. Mm-hmm. Don, you and I have had conversations about his dad and just the kind of the persona that his dad has. You know, probably a lot of people at North Carolina are familiar with that. You know, people listening to this podcast are probably familiar with uh, the persona uh, that his dad, John Tenuta, has. But your experience with Luke has been very much different from what I'm I'm given to understand. So maybe talk about that a little bit. And definitely North Carolina needs, you know, some offensive tackles, which I'm I hear they persuaded Tanuda to take a look at. Yeah. Well, um well let me get to this the last question you mentioned just to because that's probably the easiest one. A lot of schools started to kind of look at him as an offensive tackle. And so and just because of how he developed, so it just was natural for UNC, who he was a kid who they, they've had on campus multiple times, even just purely as a recruit, not not because of his, you know, his father, which actually when his, I think when his father was at UNC, he was, I think, only like a couple of years old. Um, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's something that a lot of schools kind of looked at him. And that's really kind of um, coincided with his rise as a recruit. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of offers 
until school started kind of looking at him as an offensive tackle. And then, and then things kind of just uh, really kind of took off from there. As far as his persona or his uh, personality, I mean, you know, I know, I guess what the perception is of, of his, of his dad, but uh, Luke is, I mean, I mean, every time I've dealt with him, he's been awesome. I mean, he's been great, very personable, seems really open to um, to come back to Carolina at, at the very least. UNC is in his top three along with uh, West Virginia and uh, UCF. So I don't, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I just think personality-wise, he's a great kid. You know, not a, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm, I'm having a boring conversation with him, you know. Um, seems to be very upfront about what's going on. You know, I, um, before UNC offered, I think he was pretty close to committing to West Virginia. Now that things have kind of progressed, including this the visit this past weekend, UNC has at least kind of even the playing field with with West Virginia and and UCF. Although I think it's probably going to come down to uh, West Virginia and UNC, and it's going to be interesting to see what 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 happens in the next couple of weeks, particularly with some of his visits, because he has a lot of all the stuff going on on the side that's outside of recruiting. You know, his brother's actually a um, He's a, I believe he's an FCS coach somewhere, so he likes to kind of go see his brother. And he has another brother who is, I, I believe he's a minor league baseball player who's doing some um, uh, playing some tournaments or whatever. And so he has a lot of that stuff going on. So he's juggling seeing his, his brother, his both of his brothers, his dad who's in Cincinnati, playing on Friday nights, his, his high school football team, and then also kind of handling his recruitment. Then, Don, I've got one more for you here. Joseph Bellatapelli. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying his last name correctly here. That's the he, reason he, I didn't mention him, John, is I couldn't pronounce his <laughs> name. Hey, yeah. I, don't, I still don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Well, either way, hopefully, you know, one of us will say it correctly on the podcast here. But do you see his recruitment as coming down to Carolina and NC State and follow-up question which way do you think he's leaning after his visit on Saturday I think that uh, just to kind of I guess take a step back I think that he's never mentioned a leader well he said he's had a leader but did not want to reveal who that leader was now I'm going back to about a month ago he said he had a leader he was about ready to commit but it wasn't 100% sure I think and this is not any sort of inside sources, anything someone's told me, any of that. This is just me kind of just talking to him, talking to some people around him, and just try, you know connecting the dots. I think NC State was a leader. And I think North Carolina has really kind of come on strong with him lately, particularly with this visit. And I think that the longer that this goes, the better it is for UNC. Now, if he were to commit tonight, I think it would be NC State. So, so basically, I think what you what you got to hope for if you're a UNC fan who wants Joseph, I'm just going to go with Joseph. I'm not going to use his last name. Uh, commit to UNC, then you kind of want to you you want him to kind of wait it out a little bit longer, take some more visits, and allow the coaches to uh, continue to kind of apply the pressure on him. That's about all the questions I had for Don Buck. Did you have anything else that you wanted to end with? Just how much of a pleasure it is always to talk with Don. He's like my favorite <laughs> guy in the entire universe. And I just, it just pleases me to be on a podcast with him. Wow. What a, what a change. I feel like we're in different seats right now. I know. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> actually, Don, I, I will just do one one quick one for you here. Do you okay. see Carolina? I know that the season's still young, especially with these high school kids. Um, their season's just you know, a couple weeks old at this point. Do you see Carolina getting any sort of commitments, um, maybe surprise ones, over the next couple of weeks? I don't know about surprise ones. Beck mentioned that he wanted to decide by, you know, around the end of, of September, you know, get, you know, not exactly the end of September, maybe go into October a little bit. Uh, and, and the same thing for, um, uh, for Harrison Taylor. So those guys are guys to watch Harrison Taylor, which we didn't talk about too much, but, but he's a guy who, who just comes out and, and flatly says that UNC is his leader. So, you know, those are guys who I keep, I would keep my eye on as far as something soon. Most of the other guys want to take a, some more visits. You know, as I mentioned, Rick still has, wants to take, he still has all five official visits to take. Um, Dax still has all five official visits to take. Both of them are having a hard time trying to schedule them, trying to take them and that sort of thing. So it's probably going to be a lot longer for those guys. And then really anyone else that's kind of on the board, they, they're, they're still kind of waiting in and out. The only thing I guess we mentioned real quickly, Mylon Howard, if UNC decided to offer him, whenever they decide to offer him, I think a commitment probably would come pretty quickly. And he made that pretty clear. I mean, UNC would, would definitely be his, his best offer. So it would be a no brainer. And plus he's been to North Carolina a bunch of times. So if, and when UNC offers, I think he's a kid that could potentially commit to UNC. Well, great information as always. That was my final question. So, are you uh, sure this time? Yeah, yeah, I think I am this time. So, if Buck wants to go ahead and uh, you know give you his warm goodbyes again, now's the time <laughs> for it. I love, I love Buck warm goodbyes. Well, I think I've already overdone it for this podcast. No, but you, did, I'll, you definitely, I'll you definitely it, did I'll not overdo it. it. I'll hold it back for the next one. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, Buck, thanks again for joining us. And always then, fun, guys. Always fun. Yeah, and always Tom, fun. I always enjoy being on the podcast with the Buck Sanders. That's it. Well, you have and listened, of course, John. Oh, thank you, guys. Well, that's all for us today. You have listened to the Inside Carolina Football Recruiting Podcast. For more information, check out the Inside Carolina message boards. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.